Welcome to the Financial Advisors Edge Podcast, a show created by financial advisors for financial advisors. Are you ready for some straight talk about building and growing a financial services practice? Four advisors in different states at different firms that have each built $100 million plus practices from scratch the right way through hard work, doing the right thing, and having fun while doing it. It's time for you to get the edge. Here are your hosts, Brad Warhurt, Jeff Copeland, Jim Martin, and Greg Gonzalez. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Financial Advisors Edge podcast. I'm Greg Gonzalez. I am just joined by Brad today. Jim is, uh, he's he's having fun, I guess. He's uh, he's out of town, but he'll be back with us uh, next week. We, uh, we're we going to miss Jim this week, won't we, Brad? I, I suppose we'll miss Jim, yeah. What were we supposed to, we're supposed to deliver a message for Jim. What did it say? It was something about uh, to make sure, make sure to make him look good, I think he said, right? Yeah, something like that. So, um, <laughs> but, uh, so shout out to Jim. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll see you next week, buddy. But, uh, Hey, if you're a, if you're new to the podcast, this is uh, Brad. I don't know what number we're at, but we're around uh, you know fifty episodes so far. So uh, yeah. been doing this almost a year. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, we're coming up on our one year anniversary. I don't exactly know when that is. Do you? Uh, I I don't. But uh, <laughs> me neither. <laughs> but uh, I know fifty two weeks is in a year, so we're we're pretty close to that. And uh, this might be. Uh, who knows? So <laughs> listen, but, uh, free one. One hour coaching session. First one to post our our one year anniversary date in the Facebook community. There you go. There you go. And uh, mentioning the the Facebook community. Uh, so it's the FA Edge uh, uh, Financial Advisors Edge community uh, private Facebook group. You can join that. It's free to join. We kind of have announcements and then you know kind of help some of our our members out with questions as we go. And it's kind of fun to post some stuff. And then also our website is thefaedge.com. Uh, we've been talking about it, but uh, we are launching um, our, our private coaching community, which we rebranded. It's called now uh, Elite Advisor Lab. Isn't that right, Brad? Elite Advisor Lab? Greg, I just asked when our one-year anniversary is, do you think that I should be the one that double checks you on what we named things? You're our you're our, uh, <laughs> our honorary fact checker. Brad. No, no, I'm the listen. You don't do the math, and I don't do the fact checking. That's how we roll with this. Okay, <laughs> so I'm gonna go ahead and trust you that that's the name. All right, all right. So yeah, Elite <laughs> Advisor Lab, and so um, there'll be a link. So starting, um, I think May fifteenth, um, we're doing a, a thirty day free trial. Everybody gets a month on us, and then there is a, a membership cost. Um, and uh, and so yeah, we're gonna have everything from. Uh, weekly office hours uh, where you can ask us questions. We can talk about what's on our mind, help with any cases you're working on. We're going to have a private discussion community, uh, also a live monthly call, which uh, the three of us will always attend that. So we're kind of building this all out. Um, so check us out, uh, thefaedge.com. Uh, you know, sign up for a month. It won't cost you anything. And uh, we hope everybody can find value in that. And uh, we want to, you know, Brad, it's been a lot of fun. Um, we have, uh, you know, received great feedback from people on how we're helping them grow and build their businesses and become better advisors. So there's not a lot out there to kind of help people uh, learn. And so that's, that was kind of one of the um, aspirations for creating this podcast. So on today's episode, uh, wanted to talk about 
prospective clients or clients that are notoriously difficult. That's Brad's verbiage, notoriously <laughs> difficult uh, to work with. And uh, I can remember starting out in this business, I learned this the hard way that there's just certain people that you can't please. They're difficult to work with, you know, and for different reasons. Maybe, maybe it's personality wise. Um, but, but Brad, let's, I'm going to start off, let you kind of take the microphone for a little bit and, and talk about your experiences of these people you've run into that are, as you, as you call, notoriously difficult to work with. Yeah. And I, I, I chose those words carefully because I think, you know, one of my categories of people that always sets my alarms off is going to be engineers, right? And I'd say notoriously difficult. That doesn't mean I don't want to give anyone the impression I think that engineers are bad people because they're not. <clears throat> I don't, you know, it, it just is exactly what it says is they're notoriously difficult to work with because they share some common traits that, you know, in the case of an engineer, uh, they tend to be very, very detail oriented, and uh, I don't think I've ever met with one that brought in any fewer than 10 spreadsheets to a meeting. And, you know, besides, I'm sure that's kind of a pet peeve for a lot of people because we don't, most of us don't think or plan that way. Um, but what I found that makes it particularly difficult with them is sometimes they, um, <clears throat> they get too hyper-focused on minutia and details that are really not all that important to the end decision, but they just have to figure it out. Like the equation must balance itself out all the time. And, you know, that gets to be draining emotionally and mentally to work with that type of person. And sometimes stifling, you can't come to a, a conclusion or an agreement or a plan that, that everyone can live with because the equation hasn't been balanced yet. And that my personality doesn't work well with that. Mine either. Yeah, mine either. Um, some, and I, I'm just thinking back on on the on the prospective clients. I mean, and you can tell when they come in with the the spreadsheet after spreadsheet. I mean, they have put hours and out. I mean, probably countless hours in into right. their analysis. Um, and like you said, Brad, a lot of it is is over analyzing things to death almost yep. that that are not going to have a material difference make a material difference to their overall success, you know, of their, you know, and I deal with retirement planning. So of their retirement plan, um, a lot of them tend to be almost like a control freak, um, where, so, so with the, when you're doing a, a retirement plan or financial plan, whatever you call it, they want to have access to it. And I know there are some softwares that, um, you know, will allow you client access where they can go in and, you know, almost get lost in the numbers and the details. And th in, in my experience, that is counterproductive for these people. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times you'll have one spouse that is, um, shall I say, disinterested just because of the, uh, typically it's, it's the wife, not all the time. Uh, but if let's say she's married to an engineer that is um, just so, so analytical to a fault. You know, I, I actually had I, one meeting, Brad, where the wife fell asleep, <laughs> literally fell asleep and just let this guy keep going on and on and on about the spreadsheets. But she was out like and she was drifting back in kind of when she was doing like the the woodpecker, you know, <laughs> yeah, whatever, right. with her head, you know, the uh, the bobblehead. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but but the yeah, these people are, are you know, for me, hard to work with. Um, I, I don't, uh, I, I can, you know, maybe one or two clients I have that are engineers. Um, and yeah, they're, they're just, like you said, notoriously difficult to work with. Now, now um, others, 
um, are that that I have found are are the people that are very very fee conscious. Yeah. And they want to bring up the discussion of you know the fees, the fees, the fees, the fees, the fees, and um, and, and that's a difficult one, Brad. How, how do you kind of handle that discussion when somebody just continuously brings up, well, I could be paying less here, or what about this fee, or or you know, can we can you lower your fee? How do you handle yeah. that? Yeah. So you know, I think. For one, I think we all have to, this isn't universal to our business, it's any business. And I think one, you have to accept mentally that you're, you can't be all things to all people, right? You have to know what you're, you know, who you want to serve and who you want to do business with and, and go after that market. And, you know, I think I, we've mentioned before what, like, uh, we've used other brands in the past, you know, Ferrari and Ritz-Carlton. And that's not even to say that you have to be that those are all pretty high-end luxury brands. It's not saying that we all have to be Goldman Sachs, but you know, Ferrari doesn't care what most people think of their pricing on their cars. That's that's not who they that's who they're they're going after. Same right. for the Ritz Carlton, and you could even look at you know mid tier brands. <clears throat> uh, pick like, I mean, even some common ones like uh, pick Nike, right? Like uh, they make. I, I'm not a I'm not a shoe fanatic or clothing fanatic, but I mean they seem like they're, they're a solid name brand thing. But no one would consider Nike generally like you know, a luxury brand or something that most people can't afford. Nike doesn't care about the person that only wants to spend 10 bucks on a pair of shoes. That's right. not their market. They're okay with it, right? So I'd say step one for us is get get okay with the fact that someone that sees, Greg, have you had the, per, I've had the person who's, um, you know, the prospect that comes in and they get charged the annual IRA or the custodial fee. And they come in and they're like, that Merrill Lynch charged me, whatever it is, 75 or a hundred bucks in fees, you know, and, and that's okay. Like they're free to, to feel that way, but we can, we can cut that conversation off pretty early because if you're upset about a $75 fee, but you know, I, I know my time is certainly worth a lot more than that. So yeah, that's, I, I don't know that there is a good way to, I mean, I'll certainly explain it and the reasoning and, you know, no problem, you know, providing a little justification about what you charge and what you and what they get for that, you know, the value for it. But then I think you have to be okay with once you've delivered the message on what your value is and what it costs, you know, if they're not, um, if they're not willing to pay it, then that's, that's fine. You're free to to part ways. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so, you know, our business, of course, we want everybody just to make, I guess, a good use of our time. And we, you know, of course we want, we want nice clients. We want to, It'd be nice if everybody was an that we met with was an ideal fit. But it turns out a lot of the people maybe are looking for something different than we offer um, yeah. in the services, or, or maybe they have you know expectations that 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 we know we can't meet, and, and that's not somebody somebody that we can you know is is going to be a good decision to take them on as a client. And then the other thing is you got to be able to not only meet their needs and what they're looking for, but also they've got to be able to afford our services. Yeah. So uh, in a lot of the people it's uh, you know not not a lot, but but some people they can afford our services, but they their per- perception of what our services should cost is different than reality, right? Mm-hmm. So that person that's complaining about the $75 fee, yeah. You, you know, we we are. I I tell people, and you can say it however you want, but you know, we are we are not a nonprofit. Um, so we 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 do you know we do, we do have overhead. We do have to pay our bills and and make a living too. Um, just just like you, you know, wouldn't go to work for free. Um, and, and work an entire week and not get a paycheck, right? So. Yeah. 
So yeah, there are, yeah, with these people that bring up fees and, and I have found over my career and, and, you know, um, you know, a little over 10 years, unfortunately, there's going to be people that our fees don't fit their, their budget or, or their comfort. Right. Um, our, our, our fees, I mean, our, the costs of working with us, how, however, those costs look like some of us are, you know, fee-based hourly commission, you know, what, whatever it, whatever it looks like. Um, but yeah, there's going to be a segment of the population that's, that's just not willing to pay that. Um, sure. so I, I have a client that said, gosh, I remember when an oil change was nine 99. And it's like, well, <laughs> that, was, that was a long time ago, baby. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, uh, it's, it's just, you know, Greg, when I have stuff, like, for, so for one, I, that's funny that you say with the oil changes, you were talking, I was thinking of something when you had mentioned earlier, um, what if people ask you to lower your fees? And I've been, I was thinking actually of like examples of what other business would you have the, you know, what's to walk into and say, I'd like that oil change, but can you do it for 20 bucks less? Like, would you walk into your local mechanic or your like local Meineke or Midas and like at, be like, you know, I do need a new muffler, but the 400 bucks is a little steep. I'm wondering, is there any chance you can do it for three? Like nobody would do that. Nobody would. Nobody. Right. Would. Like I don't go to my doctor and be like, Hey, I'm feeling a little under the weather. Would you be willing to check me out for 30 bucks? Like no one does that. And I'm not doing it either. But right. you know, so the, if I, the way that I handle that, usually if I'm going to just, if I think that someone's just asking, right? Like they're not being a, they're not being a smart ass. They're not being disrespectful. You know, I'll just say, and then for me, it's the truth. But I think even if I weren't at this point, I would still say something like this. And I, I would just say, you know, here's the reality. Like this is, you know, desire and a living and, um, you know, demand for my services is, is really high. I'm really close to capacity. So I have to be careful about, you know, who I take, you know, I tell them, you know, I have a family, I you know, have a daughter. I, I'm not, I don't want to work 80 hours a week. You know, I have a certain number of hours that I can work with clients. And by the way, you know, I do put, I do work for my clients. I'm not going to take your, take your money and never talk to you again. Right. Like right. I take this seriously. So there's only so much of my time to go around and I can only give it to people that are willing to pay for it. So I understand if you don't want to, um, but you know, I can only take, pick a number, you know, I can only take four or five more clients this year and I have to be careful about who that is. So I understand if you don't want to pay, but someone else will, if you don't, <laughs> some version of that, I don't literally close it that way, but that's some, some way I explain it. I don't go into the whole, like, oh, it wouldn't be fair to everybody else. Like, while that may be true, that's not my reasoning and I don't care. You right. know, if I get pulled over and the cops like, I can't cut you a break. If I do it for you, I got to do it for everybody. My, I've literally, I've said this, like, that's not true. Like, at least just tell me the truth. Like, no, yeah. I'm not going to, I, I'm just not going to, you're getting a ticket. That's cool. Like shoot me straight officer. Right. <laughs> right. I'll, I'll shoot you straight too. Like we just count your fees. No, I won't. Yeah. <laughs> Any other questions? Yeah. Right. Why not? Well, cause this isn't my hobby and I come here to earn a living. And if you don't want to pay fees, then I can't earn a living. And therefore, I don't need to be here. So. Right. Right. Um, I'm and, here. There's a door. <laughs> right. Yeah. As it, it, you know, and, and you, you know, you, you know, we, we got to be professional and, and yeah. nice about it. And I know Brad's joking around and, yes. and, and I'm, I'm enjoying it, but, uh, and I hope you are too. <laughs> But but quite frankly, um, I, I have only had one or two clients, you know, in the last twelve years, ask for a reduction uh, of our advisory fee. Um, yeah. And and yeah, the answer the, the answer was no. I, I kind of said let's review our, um, our our fee schedule again from the beginning. You may remember this. We started working together, and you know, based on your level of assets, this is uh, this is where you stand. 
Um, and, and, you know, quite frankly, there are some other advisors out there that are probably cheaper. And I, and I will say to them, I'm at the point where I, I don't really, I don't like give a crap anymore. Um, and, and I'll just, I'll just honestly say, you know, um, if you're, if you don't think you're getting, getting a good value, um, for, you know, what you're paying us, I would, I would encourage you to look elsewhere and find somebody that's cheaper and better. Yeah. You're probably not going to find that person. I don't think the person is, you know, there is a person out there that's cheaper than me and and better, but yep. you are more than welcome. Um, and again, I, I've only had two people in, in my career ask about lowering a fee, but I, I've heard other advisors say that it's fairly regular. And for those people, I would think maybe their fee is too high. I don't know. Maybe they're charging everybody two and a half percent. Greg, it's funny you said that. I just had a buddy of mine, totally unrelated to our industry, is looking for a place to get his car detailed. And he texted me maybe two days ago and said, uh, he's like, wherever he asked about and was like, uh, do you know of anywhere cheaper slash better in the text message? And my response to him was cheaper and better usually aren't the same person. Right. True for us too. And probably true in almost all businesses. And I would use that as a rebuttal or a rebuttal or a, or bring, at least bring it out to the forefront in a conversation like this. What do you want? Cheap or good? Because usually, and that's not to say that cheap things can't be good. It's just they're usually like, let's face it, you're not going to get a Kia Sorento and a Rolls Royce that have the same features. They they just don't. Right. So what do you want? Cheaper or better? You pick, right? They don't come in the same package usually. Not in our industry. What, hey, do you want to, what, do you want your laptop or your cell phone? or your house, or your vacation, your hotel, pick one. You want your landscaping cheaper or better. You can't have both. Right, right. And I think, you know, a lot of times in our industry with prospects, people are just, uh, sometimes comments like that will bring them back to earth because they're not thinking that way. Right. And, and another one that I get this a lot, right, just pointing out the obvious. And when you engage the logic side of their brain where they're like, oh, yeah, you know, I get on both ends, and I'm sure most of us do. You get now, maybe you don't, Greg, because I don't think you deal with younger clients, right? A lot of times I'll get the 20 something, just start a job, you know, they'll, they'll start a Roth IRA or something with me. And after a couple of years at a review, they'll be like, you don't think like I'm making very much. And I'll point out, you know, we look at their percentage returns, most certainly like, you know, they're as they should be. And, but you just point out to them, be like, hey, you know, we're putting away $200 a month. So in the last three years, you've put away, you know, $7,200. What do you think it should be? What do you think you should earn on $7,200 this year? If you do 10% this year, it's 700 bucks. Yeah. Right. And and so a lot of times the light bulb goes off and they're like, oh, I get it. I didn't make much three years ago because I only had $1,200 in my account. What do I want? And then the, the yeah, do you get that too? Yeah. Yeah. It, I, I had years ago, Brad, I had a woman with, um, you do the math, uh, cause I, cause I'm bad at it, but she had like 200 grand with me and she had like a million in her 401k. And she said, my 401k made me, it was up 20% and it, it made me $200,000. Yep. And my account with you was up 20%, but it only made me $40,000. Right. And, and I was like, yeah, but you're, you're working. I mean, the million dollar account is, is five times as much as the account that you had with me. And she yep. said, yeah, but I made 200,000. <laughs> yeah, I just, but, and in most cases, like, right now that lady, like, I don't know what her job was, 
But if she had enough intellect to get a job that allowed her to accumulate $1.2 million in the first place, she certainly has the intelligence to figure out why that is. Right. Sometimes you just need to slowly bring them to the logic and let them and let the light bulb go off. Now, it doesn't sound like she did. But the other place that I get that from, now you probably get a lot of this or, or regularly, you know, is the person on the other end of the spectrum when a prospect comes in and they're like, I lost $80,000 last quarter with my Morgan Stanley account. It's like they come in, <laughs> you know, and they're like, it's a million bucks. And you're like, okay, that that's 8%. So right. that ain't too bad for last year. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, but you know, when you show them and, and I tie this together at the beginning, like, Oh, I hear this from young people. If you don't feel like they're making anything, but that's because it's based on a small number. You're right. on the other side. Yes. In hard dollars. Absolutely. 80 grand is a lot of money, but 8%. I mean, there's weeks where the market moves 8%. Right. Probably right. some days even in history. Right. So, um, I think sometimes with a lot of these challenging prospects and clients that one of the ways to handle them, if you want to, and you should want to, to some degree, is to kind of gently show them the light. I, I gently show them the light because you have to be gentle with it. You, you can't, you can't stomp. You can't, yeah. um, you, you know, you can't be a, a jerk about it. You got to be professional. Uh, but it, so it all goes back to communication. And I think Brad's really, really good about communicating with clients without coming across as arrogant or anything like that. Right. Um, and, I saved that for the podcast. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so join our elite advisor lab. You'll get to see more of Brad. And... <laughs> oh, so on a weekly basis, but, uh, but yeah, so um, so we've talked about, you know, the engineer type client client, um, just, just personality wise, they can be notoriously difficult, um, yeah. because they want to overanalyze they're, they're hard to, to, to make happy. They want the plan. I mean, I had a guy that, I mean, I, I redid the plan like seven times for this guy who's an engineer. And I finally told him, I said, you know, I, um, and I charged him for the plan, of course. And I mm -hmm. said, you know what? I'm I'm not um I, I want to make sure you're you're happy with the product, with with the final product. I've updated it seven times as I said I would. <laughs> um, but I don't know that I'm you know moving forward gonna be able to meet your level of, of expectations. Right. And 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 he said, Oh, I can appreciate that. He said, I, you know, blah, blah, blah. But it's that was my way of backing out of this relationship because I, I knew this was this was going to be a, a thorn in my side, you know, taking him on as a client. And and yeah. I think I think he, you know, did he, he accept was, that? He did. did. He, he, he did. He said, you know, I've um I, I've interviewed some other advisors and I said, Oh, I I bet you have. Uh <laughs> they yeah. uh, you know, he's not just gonna take one opinion if you're an engineer, you want to hear it all. Um, but um but yeah, you've got to kind of identify. And the thing that that really, you know, sucks is, you know, when you're starting out in this business and you have somebody that, you know, has, you know, let's say they would make an A client based on their level of assets. Well, that doesn't mean they're going to make an A client based on their temperament or their personality, sure. right? So it's, you know, it's kind of a letdown when you're like, well, they've, they've got a million bucks or whatever it is, but they're going to be a pain to my, you know what, yeah. working with them because I, it's not going to be a joy to have review meetings with this person. I can just tell yeah. um, e either they're like the engineer personality, you know, just overanalyze too way too analytical, hard to please fee conscious. If they're bringing up fees like that, again, I haven't experienced that. Um, I would be in personally, I would be embarrassed to, 
ask somebody to lower their fees. I, right. I just, you know what I mean? Like I, I couldn't go to my mechanic and say, you know, Hey, you're fixing the car for 600 bucks. Could you do 500? Um, yeah. Help, help a brother out here. I, I couldn't do, I just, I got to pay him. You know, his time's worth something. So, right. Um, so hopefully our listeners aren't running into that again. Um, very much. So, so Brad, engineer, fee conscious, what are the other types that you've run into that are just notoriously difficult in your mind? I mean, our accountants not on the list yet because they need to be. Okay. Accountants. <laughs> yeah. Accountants. Uh, you know, I have to think, I actually do have two as clients. Um, do you really? Okay. I, I, I do. Uh, one just retired and one's probably going to retire the next year or two, but no, historically, let's face it. I mean, um, you know, I think accountants generally think that they know more than we do. Yep. Pretty frequently. And it's like, you know, once you put it, it's like, once you put a dollar sign in some, in front of something, people think that that's like all falls under the same umbrella that, you know, accounting and finance are, are the same and, and they're really not, but for some reason, I guess account, and you know, I, I'm going to guess it probably stems from, you know, what's the CPA exam require like 150 credits with like though at 30 specifically in accounting or something like that. I, I think they have a little bit generally, not to stereotype, but generally have a little bit of a, a chip on their shoulder. Like, yeah, I put in five, six years of schooling. I passed a four-part test with like a 50% pass rate, like, and you passed the series seven. <laughs> you with know, 65 I, or whatever. Right, like yeah, I, yeah. I, I get where it comes from. I just uh yeah. not gonna deal with it. <laughs> right, right, right. I, I get it. Yeah. I'll tell somebody else. <laughs> yeah. So that so that's interesting. So um, you know, CPAs and I I haven't um I only have one as a client. Um and and they're fairly res- they're respectful. Um yeah. but um but but maybe prof- you know, prof- we talked about engineers, you know, maybe maybe accountants and and maybe even attorneys that are that are difficult yeah. to and and I know uh one advisor that will not take on an attorney because who's most liable to sue you for fault or liability? <laughs> it's gonna be an attorney, right? That's funny. I know I know an advisor that that happened to in 08. Really? Yeah, he had okay. an attorney and he had uh <clears throat> I think it was over the uh the auction rate securities thing. Uh, this okay. guy was at a wire and one of his clients, like and pretty much the R's in his account went to like zero basically, or at least became completely illiquid for a couple of weeks. And, and the, yeah, the guy took a run at him and actually, you know, it was with Smith Barney uh, uh, off the beaten path now, but Smith Barney was going to settle with him. And, okay. uh, and the advisor was like, went to his manager and was like, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. And then they ended up not settling. And then the advisor won because it was totally unfounded. But you're, that speaks to your point, right? Like, yeah, of course yeah. you're trigger happy. If you don't need to pay anybody, you don't need to wait for an appointment. You have all the knowledge and you are an attorney. Right, right. So, so, so that may be a reason to, to be cautious or, sure. or, you know, and not work with a specific uh, profession. Um, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, for me, it's, it's fee conscious. It's the um, you know, overall analytical engineer type mentality. Um, the, the other thing is, is the people that just want to focus on. So, so, you know, at my firm, what we do is we help with retirement planning. So it's generally people 50 and over who is, so we're helping, you know, develop a retirement plan and make sure it's successful. Mm-hmm. Um, but the people that just won't get over performance, like performance, 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 performance. I got to beat the market. I got to beat the market. My yeah. my my brother in law is doing better, and they just like that is their sole focus is just, and 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 as you're interviewing them, they're interviewing you. 
they want to know, hey, show me your performance. I want you to show me your performance from the past as if it's something that you can replicate in the future, um, which we all know that isn't true. But that is as I'm qualifying people. And I think we as an advisor, as advisors should, should really qualify and get better at qualifying prospects um, when they're asking questions. And the first question out of their mouth is, hey, what was your performance last year? Or what are your fees before we ever talk about anything else? I think that's a red flag, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. And you know, all those things I think, and this may be unique to me, I don't know if I handle people differently than than, than we should. But with all those things, I mean, I just I just kind of point out the obvious, like the fee, when they feel like, what are your fees? The first thing I say is, I don't, I don't know, because I don't know what you're asking me to do yet. You know, I'm going to price this on two components. One, how much money do you have? And two, what do you ask? What's the work involved? I've mentioned that before in the podcast, like someone who's more work versus less, I'm going to price differently. Yeah. But, if you have a more complex situation, yeah, yeah it's, it's probably going to cost you more. Is that, does that sound reasonable to you? Absolutely. Yeah. If you have a simple situation, it's probably going to cost you less. Does that yeah. make sense? Yes, that makes sense. Yeah. And then, you know, on the, on the performance thing, I've always used some version of this. So like if people are, if you're at the prospect stage where it's the, I think I know what prospect you're talking about, the one that comes in and like, they're got five people they're going to talk to and they're going to pick the one with the best that puts the best hypo in front of them. Oh, you can boy. see it on their face. I point that out to them. And you know what? I've always, I never did it because I don't care enough. But if I did, what I would do, I don't even know, if, I don't think this would still fly with the new marketing rule, but I think I would have, I would have put together like a superstar hypo from like, you know, totally using past performance. And when this conversation comes up, I would, I, cause I do point out to people and I'm like, look, we can probably agree that I'm smart enough to go to Yahoo finance and find a half a dozen awesome investments from last year and pretend that that's what I would have picked and show you plus 40% or whatever, right? Like you have confidence and I, I would do that. I would, I would have it preloaded. I'd turn my laptop around and I'd be like, see, I could claim that I would that I did yeah. this, but I didn't. I'm telling you right now, but I didn't. <laughs> and that's why you should hire me. Cause I'm gonna shoot you straight. Right. But that that I like that. I, right. I hey saying, hey, I, I'm not I'm not gonna sit here and lie to your face yeah. like some other advisor is gonna do and try to, you know, promise you the moon and the stars. Um, but this is what I am good at. And this, this is, this is my value. Um, I like that, Brad, man. I, I really, uh, but those people for me have been, that is like a warning sign. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, when, when someone, and that's their soul, so forth. And, and, and typically I, I'm not trying to be sexist here. Uh, although I am, uh, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's the guys, uh, you know, I, I work with a lot of, um, a lot of couples, but, but also mainly, um, you know, single women, divorced women, widows, you know, that they're number one, they're easier to work with for me. I enjoy working with them. They yeah. like a plan. They're more into the planning than the guys are. The guys are more, more money, more money, more money. Um, fees, you know, they're more, you know, well, I, I can't, like I said, I've, I've only had two clients in my career ask me about lowering, a, uh, an advisory fee. So, um, I don't think that's a good enough sample size to really uh, yeah. make a conclusion on. But uh, but Brad, any any other last thoughts of, of people? So we've talked about uh, engineers. We talk about people fee conscious. We've talked about specific professions uh, like like accountants and uh, and attorneys that might you, you know might be cautious with. Um, and then lastly, we talked about the people that are just so performance in, of their investments or portfolio focused. Um, anything else? 
I mean, probably that we could go on for hours, but I think that my final thought on the issue is, you know, on most of the things we've just talked about, if you at least find a way to give them a chance to, I think we've talked a lot about knee-jerk reactions here and stereotypical knee-jerk reactions. I think I would have a way to gently and logically get past the knee-jerk reaction to see after that's to the side, what what do they really think, right? Yeah. Like the like the person that you said that the lady with the four hundred one k that made two hundred grand in her four hundred one k, but forty grand with you. I th- I'd like to believe that that woman, given the chance, you get far enough in the meeting to let her come to her own conclusion. It was the same twenty percent. Give them the chance to get there, right? And that'll yeah. help you weed out because sometimes like just like whoa, the knee jerk reaction. I don't want that. And then you're like, oh wait, okay, I get it. But on the flip side, if you get, if you try and get the person to reason that through, you know, and they still come to the unreasonable objection that they gave you, well, then you've just qualified someone out of your sales funnel as someone that isn't a good fit for your practice or you don't want to work with. I like it. That, 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 that's a, that's a great, great thought. And uh, piggybacking on that, it's, you know, how, how Brad is, he, he isn't stopping there and kind of getting defensive. What, what he's kind of saying is he's kind of maybe asking a follow-up question and, and, and getting a little bit deeper. And as you, as an advisor and all the advisors listening, us as advisors, cause you know, Brad and I certainly are, you know, in the trenches every day, getting really, really good at asking follow-up questions, you know, can you tell me more about what you mean by that? And okay, so you said, if if I'm understanding you correctly, you you mean X, Y, and Z. Why is that really the bigger bigger issue? Or you know, you, you mentioned lowering the fee. Um, what do you think is a is a reasonable fee? You know, to to pay an advisor, and if they say it's you know forty bucks a year or 10 bucks a year, then you kind of know, Hey, okay, that is your opinion. I'm not going to sit here and argue with what, you know, with your opinion, but, but maybe we can point out, you know, maybe look at these places where you can charge, you you can pay that. Um, but I, I do think, you know, so the the other thing that I'll kind of end on is you don't want to argue with people, never argue with and, and be very, very careful about correcting people. So, so when Brad was, you know, kind of explaining, you know, that in that my example, the woman with a million dollars, you know, in her 401k, Brad didn't say, well, you big dummy, you, you, know, <laughs> you know, it's 20% here twenty. and correct. He didn't correct. He he kind of, you know, took his time saying, let, let, let's, let's talk about that a little bit more and, and make sure I'm understanding. And you're both on the same, we're both on the same page here. Um, but never, never correct people. They hate people. Hate, just instinctually don't like being corrected. They don't made be, uh, they don't enjoy, especially if their spouse is sitting across the table or next to them. They don't like looking like a, somebody's challenging, um, that thought or opinion. Don't please don't do it. Never correct anybody. Even if it's eating you up inside, uh, (laughs) don't, don't, don't do it. You know, Greg, I always wonder in situations like that, like sometimes I feel like people don't, it's like what happens if the dog catches the car they're chasing. Yeah. Right? Like if you were actually going to engage in a prospect, you were going to argue with them about something. Like, what do you mean 40 bucks? I'm worth so much more than that. <laughs> like, what would you do if they were like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like what, where do you go from there? Be like, well, this is awkward. Right. You know, I feel like your girlfriend dumps you and you're like, please, 
please take me back. Like, what do you do if 20 minutes later of like sobbing with a pile of tissues, you're there on your knees on the front yard, throwing rocks at her window. What do you do when she puts the window up and she's like, all right, I'll take you back. Like, what do you do then? You're like, oh, I don't even think I wanted you to say yes. Like, <laughs> same with the arguing with a prospect. Like, what if you convince them? Right. Then right. they become a client. Right. <laughs> right. So, um, and I, I think, you know, sometimes, like I said, sometimes we get defensive. Sometimes we, we, it's a knee jerk reaction. We react the wrong way and maybe they meant something different. Um, but, but I would kind of take your time with, with those conversations and, and make sure that, you know, everybody's on the same page. Um, now it, it very well might turn out that, Hey, you understood them right the first time. Right. And, you know, quite frankly, um, they don't want to pay your fee anymore, whatever it is. Um, they're, they're unsatisfied with their performance or, you know, how things are going, the level of communication. And, and you can talk about that and, you know, may, maybe it's best for everybody to part ways and part as friends. Um, but, but yeah, take your time with that. But, uh, what I'll kind of end on today is get better, you know, it, and it takes practice and it sometimes it's uncomfortable, um, asking questions and, and qualifying your prospects ahead of time. It will save you so much time and heartache in the future and irritation. If you can really get a sense and understand the person and who they are, what they're looking for and what type of client they would be. You know, it's kind of like that dating phase um, where, you know, and, and, you know, earlier in my life, yeah, I had, I went on plenty of dates and I can kind of tell in the first, you know, date or two, what, what the type of person was, you know, just based on how they treat the the server, the waiter or waitress, you know, if they say, I want my drink now, it's like, okay, this, uh, this is going to be uh, the last one, last time I see you. And Greg, I think a lot of this stuff, like when you encounter these people and for everyone listening, like. Don't let this weigh, it can be a grind on you mentally. Don't let it weigh you down. And I've always throughout my career, I've tried to like just actively think about alternatives like that. Don't blame it on me. I listen, I have a buddy, like he loves to, he, he exercises a lot, but he's very outdoorsy. And he's like, he would never go to a gym, right? He likes yeah. to hike. He likes to jog. He likes to do everything outside. It's free. Anybody likes the outdoors. And I was thinking of this while you were talking also, like our engineer that we keep going back to. For most of our clients, it's like our part of our value is like, hey, you don't have to do the, the spreadsheets or keep track of it. Like we're going to do. And most people that we want to work with are like, oh, thank God. Whereas with that engineer, a lot of times like taking the spreadsheet out of their hands, like they, they enjoy it. Yeah. They like it. My dad honestly enjoys mowing their yard, loves it. Like he wouldn't let someone mow his yard for free because it's something he likes to do. So a lot of cases, guys, if you're listening, don't get your, don't beat yourself up. Like what could I have done to, to make this person a client? Sometimes the answer is nothing. Sometimes right. that person likes to run outside and not on a treadmill. Sometimes that person likes to do those spreadsheets. And sometimes that person likes to mow their own yard. It's not your fault. Don't let it get you mentally down because that's a huge part of this game. I am going to put an exclamation point on what Brad just said. We're going to end the podcast right now uh, <laughs> because I, I, it took me years to learn what Brad just said. And I can remember distinctly a client where, you know, he was, go, he was the type to go to the library and research the investments. And what I ended up finally saying to him as much as I wanted his business at the time is, hey, this seems like a hobby of yours. 
you know, doing the research and this kind of stuff. And I know you came in to, you know, try to get another person's opinion, but I, I don't, maybe I'm missing something here, but I don't want to take that away from you. Yeah. I, I think, you know, hiring, <laughs> I think paying to hire me would have an adverse, you know, uh, effect. And, and I, I think, I think you, you, I think you believe you're doing a good job and I think you should continue doing what you're doing and keep going to the library every Saturday and God bless you. Um, yeah. so, um, and, and I don't have to deal with that, you know, person, uh, you know, looking over my shoulder and, um, being a pain in my ass. So, um, so yeah, this has been a great discussion, Brad. Uh, and again, this is for this is for prospective clients and clients that have been notoriously difficult to work with. In our experience, we could probably talk, and I know we're going on forty minutes or thirty minutes. I, I lost track of time, but um, this has been a great discussion, and we could talk another three hours on these types of people, and maybe the listeners have other types of clients that, you know, I had an advisor tell me that dentists are very, very hard to deal with because they want everything tax-free. They want to buy municipal bonds and that. But again, that's that advisor's opinion that that shared that with me. So um, hope this episode has been helpful of the Financial Advisors Edge podcast. Check us out at our website, thefaedge.com and uh, sign up for our Elite Advisor Lab. We're launching that on May 15th, 30-day uh, free trial. And then check out our Facebook community, uh, the Financial Advisors Edge podcast community. We'll see you next week. Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening to the show. Check us out at thefinancialadvisorsedge.com if you want to learn more about us. If you enjoyed the content, make sure to leave us a five-star review and tell your friends about us. The opinions that are expressed in the shows are that of each host only and don't necessarily reflect the opinion of the other hosts. Like the weather, our opinions can change. This podcast isn't intended to provide tax, legal, or investment advice. Always consult with a qualified professional. We cannot guarantee our opinions or forecasts are right. See you next week.